0: All right, we've got to get into this. Uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, help us see more and more that we might enter all the more deep, deeply into your rest. That you might live your own life through us. You said you, have, you left your joy with us because you are in us. You've given us your joy. You've given us your peace. (coughs) Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the power of the Holy Spirit will help us to see heavenly things. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will help us speak and hear heavenly realities. Help us transcend what we see with our eyes. Look not at that which is seen, but that which is unseen, but that which is seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. We know each other no more after the flesh, but after the spirit. Behold the work of the Christ who has brought the ages to an end. At the end of the age manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and open a new door, a vista, a kingdom from heaven to us by the gift of the Holy Spirit. We live, we walk, we move in you now, Lord. We have been translated from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Son now by the gift of the Spirit that is within us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he who is inside of you than he who is in the world. A great miracle has taken place. And we are seated with you now, Lord, in heavenly places in you. You in us and we in you. Lord, help us see the awesome revelation of the tabernacling of Christ within his people. The body, living stones, living temple, walking the earth. Witnesses of the other realm, of the kingdom of heaven. A witness of the other reality. Lord, thank you for this awesome truth. Thank you for the truth shall set us free as we see the awesome love of God. The Father has come to us in the Son and has joined us to himself in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for this awesome reality. A new covenant. A new covenant. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. If you would, let's turn to Jeremiah 50. I want to read something just briefly. Thank you, Lord. Oh. Jeremiah fifty. Jeremiah right after Isaiah. God, I feel like we can just go home right now. I'm not home, but <laughs> go to the next service because you know what I'm saying. I, God is so cool. God is. God is so cool. I, Reality, our union with Him. Okay, here we go. Jeremiah 50. And it's marked in my other Bible. Oh, here it is. Jeremiah 50, sorry. Jeremiah 50. Look at verse 4 Let's start verse four, please. Jeremiah 50, verse four. And I want to go back today, with the Lord willing, uh, back to Hebrews again and talk more about this new priestly order. Um, and by the way, all the, the teachings of the class are on uh, the website, my, my website, seeinggrace.com. So if you ever want to, two Sundays go, it's up, that one's up there. And Daniel and Tully worked so hard to get, the message is on there. So if you want to check it out, it's just seeinggrace.com and you can click on the audio and so forth. But I want to go back to Hebrews a little bit this morning, the Lord willing, but this is so cool. I love this in Jeremiah 50, verse four. In those days and at that time declares the Lord, the sons of Israel will come, both they and the sons of Judah as well. They will go along weeping as they go and it will be the Lord their God. They will seek. They won't seek men. They won't seek tangents, they won't seek some spiritual thrill. It's the Lord himself they will seek. Verse five, they will ask for the way to Zion. Zion speaks of the heavenly mountain, the spiritual reality. The scripture says in Hebrews, you've not come to the mountain that can be touched, Mount Sinai, the law, but you've come to Mount Zion that cannot be touched, it's not of this creation, spiritual reality, Mount Zion. They shall ask for the way to Zion turning their faces in its direction into the spiritual. They will come that they may join themselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will not be forgotten. This is a reference to the new covenant. This is Jeremiah talking about there's gonna come a time when a new covenant is gonna come, an everlasting covenant. And those, they will come tired and weary of religion, basically. And they're looking for the Lord himself. Look at this, verse six. My people have become lost sheep, Their shepherds have have led them astray. They have made them to turn aside on the mountains. They have gone along from mountain to hill and have forgotten their resting place. So many, so much teaching out there in the world today. So many preachers and so many shepherds out in the world today are leading the the saints of God from mountain to hill, from tangent to tangent, from the latest fad to the latest fad, and they have forgotten their resting place, which is Christ. (coughs) Awesome. Okay, let's look at Hebrews because that's what it's all about. Let's look at Hebrews. I want to start with Hebrews Let's go with Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, please. It's so cool to see that the scripture says that the law had in it, the covenant of law had in it shadows of the good thing that was coming. Shadows of the good thing to come, but not the very things themselves. And Hebrews talks about this, these earthly things that were pictures of the heavenly things. In fact, Hebrews says they were copies of the heavenly realities. And so Hebrews is awesome, awesome book. I know we said a couple of Sundays ago that some people look at Hebrews and they say, oh, it's a difficult book to read and so forth. It's not a difficult book to read. What's difficult is that we are slow to believe what it's really saying, because what it's saying is so profound. If we continue to grow in what it's saying, and we see it, we see, it's not that we don't see it, but as we continue to see more and more of what it's saying, it will literally, the truth in this book, will literally catapult us into that other realm on a daily basis. It is the work of this high priest that will do it if we see it. And hold fast our confession of faith, as Hebrew says. It's awesome. It's, it's um, it's, it's an amazing book, but the shepherds who have led the saints from mountain to hill, many, of, not all, thank God Clark sees this. We have a pastor who sees and who's not afraid to buck the system and buck what's being told in so many circles out there. Thank God we have a pastor who, who really is bold to proclaim the finished work of Christ. I can't wait for these series to start next Sunday, the Grace Experience series. But, you know, we, want, we need every church preaching this. It's the truth. I mean, imagine what the difference it would make in people's lives. Yes. Anyway, okay, let's, all right. so here we go. Hebrews, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For the law, saints, hear this as if you've never heard it before. Hear this as as if you've never read this before and hear it in faith. Trusting the spirit of God, engage engage the spirit of God within you and say, Lord, show me, open my eyes to the richness of this. Chapter 10, verse one, for the law, since it was only a shadow of the good things to come. And not the very form of things can never, by the same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. And you could, you could add a little phrase after that to make this, I think, make the meaning clear. What he's saying is, they would not, otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of any sins to be cleansed. That's what he's saying. I'm not saying, the scripture's not saying that you totally are never aware of doing anything wrong. You're never aware of sin. You're never aware of what's flesh, what's spirit. You you know, you just, you know, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that when we grasp what Jesus accomplished as, as a priest after the order of Melchizedek, we will live our lives no longer conscious of any sin that needs to be further cleansed. Yes, 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 yes. Hold that thought for a second, okay? Hold that thought, Marilyn. That's right. All right, now watch this. Verse three. But in those sacrifices, the ones under the law, there is a reminder of sins Year by year. Now, saints, think about this. Do we live our life as believers? And do we hear sometimes from teachings around the world, Christian teaching, television, radio, are we hearing a lot of teaching and a lot of thinking that says, to, uh, that reminds us of sins that need to be cleansed? Yes. Yes. It's, it's horrible. It's rampant. We are hearing things, the body of Christ is hearing things that cause us to remember sins and not just to remember sins, but remember sins and remember sins that need to be further further cleansed. The sins that need to be cleansed. Are we missing something big? We're missing something huge. And that's why you say, Where's the power in the church? Where is the power? Why, does, why doesn't God do the miracles that he used to do? Why, where is the power? I'm telling you, saints, we get this and there will be such an awareness. Remember that time we said, you know, in real estate, it's, it, the three things in real estate is location, location, location. The three things in the spiritual life is awareness, awareness, awareness. We will become increasingly more aware of our union with Jesus Himself. Jesus Himself, Christ in me, will become our meat and our drink. This is the wisdom of God. The cross is the wisdom of God because it literally puts sin out of the picture. It literally, as Marilyn just said, it is a taking away of sin, not a covering of sin. Under the old law, those sacrifices could only cover sins, but the writer of the Hebrews says they could never take them away. And God doesn't take away our sins on a daily basis. The scripture says if it was a daily basis taking away of sins, Christ would have to have suffered from the beginning of time, from the foundation of the world to take sins away on a daily basis. Hebrews says that. He sat down, the scripture says, because he purged us from all sin, for all time, for all people, and sat down. And it says he sat down until the Lord would make his enemies his footstool. In the context of the finished work of Christ, God mentions the word enemy. I'm telling you, Father's serious about this. My sheep, my people are like lost sheep. They're going from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. It is finished. And there needs to be a certain sound and a clear word and a pure gospel preached. It is the power of God to preach it with no hook in it and proclaim this amazing work of Christ. That literally translates us from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. It's a growing awareness, saints, of Christ by life. To live is Christ. That 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 is the phrase that becomes so precious to you and I as we see union. Union. All through the scriptures, it spoke about this awesome miracle that was, that was going to take place that God and man would become one. I in the Father, Jesus said, the Father in me, and now I in you, and you in me. This is the fulfillment of tabernacles. All has been fulfilled. Three Feasts of Tabernacles speaks of the, 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 uh, the trumpets, the, the uh, sounding of the trumpets. Secondly is the, the Day of Atonement, the High Priest going beyond the veil, making the sacrifice for the whole nation, for the whole year, which is repeated every year. As Hebrews says, as a picture of the final that's coming. And then the Tabernacles. See, it's like a big hinge. Pentecost was like a big hinge. He had three feasts. He had Passover and unleavened bread and first fruits. Three feasts in the spring. And the big hinge is Pentecost in the middle. Because in the coming of the Spirit, that which is visible is replaced which, with that which is invisible. The visible was Jesus literally seen. We no longer know Christ after the flesh, but after the Spirit, Paul says. When the Spirit comes, the big... This is a sa- the seven sticks of the candle in the middle. The seven stick the menorah. Here's the three feasts. And you have the, the sound of the trumpets is the joyful sound. It is a picture of revelation. A revelation of a priest. After the order of Melchizedek, who went beyond the veil, whose body, the veil, the scripture says, into heaven itself, not a tabernacle made with the hands of men. And that by by doing so created the living stones, the tabernacles that Christ might live in his people, the real temple. Christ was not only the sacrifice, he was the priest after the order of Melchizedek that offered the sacrifice. He was not only just the priest, he was the temple in the, where the sacrifice is offered. This is so cool. He is all. Oh, destroy this body, I'll raise it up in three days, he says, speaking of this body, the temple. And so he has literally fulfilled all things. That's why Hebrews says He has come at the end of the age to put away sin. Well, wait a minute. That's happened 2,000 years ago. In God's eyes, it ended. It ended. See, there is no law. If He were on earth, He wouldn't even be a priest according to the law. There is no ritual. There is no... Judgment. Jesus going to the cross said, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world cast out. We have, he has literally brought everything down and fulfilled everything. Everything is fulfilled in Him. And He has literally carried us with Him into a heavenly reality, the very kingdom of heaven that was promised. And in Him and He and us, we are witnesses of this other reality. Free free people totally free we live by life his life not by law the law is not our rule of life his life is our rule of life and in that life is light he who follows me shall have the light of life and in that light we know father we know god remember we talked about the two trees how the knowledge of good and evil leads to death but the tree of life leads to the knowledge of him We know him. They all shall know me from the greatest to the least least, from the greatest to the least. Why? Because I'll remember their sin no more. I'll be merciful to all their iniquities. See, this is so awesome. Look at this right here. Finishing up uh, in chapter 10. Oh, we got to go. Oh God, this is so good. Verse four, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, now hear the heart of the Father, saints. He says, the Son speaking to the Father, sacrifice and offering you have not desired. Now when he says sacrifice and offerings, you know what is behind that statement? Father, you're, you're tired of mm. just covering stuff. And yeah. You're tired of them being reminded that, they're, that, they're, that they need cleansing. You're tired of it. You're tired of it for, you're of it for them. Yes. You're tired of it. You want to have unbridled fellowship with them. Mm. You want to run with them. You want to tell them how beautiful they are. Oh, if you didn't know what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent, Ah, Father, you want them to, to run into the throne of grace with all boldness to find help and mercy in time of need. You don't desire this. It was only a picture. Look at this. This is so cool. But a body you have prepared for me, Father. Oh, in whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. In the scroll of the book, not just predictions of the coming of the Christ, not just prophecies of how he'll come, but he fulfilled everything, everything. The temple was a picture of him. The priesthood was a picture of him. The lamb was a picture of him. The ark is a picture of him. The rainbow is a picture of him. Everything, everything. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. To do your will, O God. After saying above, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. He's quoting the scriptures. Speaking of the son, he takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified, past tense, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest under the law stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins, but He having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind, I will write them, he then says, and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. (laughs) And where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. And when he says, saints, I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind, I will write them. What he's saying there, saints, is that he's quoting Jeremiah. Jeremiah says be a, a, there's a new covenant coming and the laws will not be written on stones outside of men so men can teach men, know the Lord, know the Lord, study the law, study, know the Lord. They shall no longer say, know the Lord. They shall no longer have the law or what God thinks or what God desires on stone, but what God thinks And what God desires shall be inside of them, for I shall be inside of them. The one who wrote the law shall be inside of them. It's not that he's writing, he's not writing on your heart, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. He is, he himself, the author is inside of us. Isn't that awesome? We have been made a partaker of the divine nature. The one who wrote the law on stones so that people who were dead, spiritually dead, could understand what love is. He spoke to them and thou shalt not because they were dead. Natural men saw the glory of God on Sinai, communicating the glory of God. No longer you have not come to that mountain but to Zion himself. Christ himself within us, a partaker of the very nature of God. We know Him and we live by Him. Does that make sense? Sanctified forever. Perfected forever. No more conscious. No more conscious of any sins that need to be cleansed. If the sacrifice has ceased to be offered, then we should have no more consciousness of sins to be cleansed. Awesome. That is the good news. It's a truth. It's a truth that sets us free. It honors God and honors Christ. It, we boast in Christ. That's what Paul said I boast in Christ, and I rest in this awesome reality. Lord thank you seal the truth in our heart oh Lord thank you for the great love of the Father it says I, I take no pleasure in this covering of sins in this reminder of sins I take no pleasure in it I have given them my son I have removed all their sin from us from them as far as the east is from the west come boldly for you are mine and I am yours thank you Lord Help us see these awesome things from the letter to the Hebrews. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.